Hey, Rick, another great day. Here we are for R&R Podcast. Man, what a wonderful time we have when we get together like this. It's uh, It's been good getting to do that, hasn't yeah. it? Because uh, what we find is that a lot of times there's uh, things to uh, not only to talk about, but to point people back to. And so, uh, yeah, this has been real rewarding so time. far. And I think a lot of people are dialing in and and getting uh, getting a different perspective on some things. I love that. Yeah. Different perspective is good. Uh, I always say uh, the voice you hear the loudest is the voice you follow, even mm-hmm. if it's your own. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful of voices. Yeah. Um, how many runs have you been on where somebody's hearing voices in their in their head? Right. <laughs> it's, it's always a good run when you get yeah. when when you get the uh, on the computer. Uh, this person is uh, hearing voices in their head. So. Yeah, and uh, I had a lieutenant one time that reminded all of us that uh, just he, you know you'd always say just remember boys it's not illegal to be crazy. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. And uh, there's a whole lot of truth to that, you know. A whole lot of truth to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and sadly, uh, there's a lot of people that struggle or battle those kind of issues of life. I was actually uh, actually a part of setting up a uh, a mental health crisis court. Yeah. And helping a judge be able to do that was a great, great joy, a great pleasure to help with that. Yeah, you know, you think about it, does you know, that's really the one of the key factors that's affecting us across the country, right? Our mental health issues. But you know, our officers are always quick to point out, and you know, that uh, back in the late '90s there was this huge move to deinstitutionalize mental health facilities, right? And there was a lot of validity to the issues at hand, but. The follow-on that was supposed to occur was proper funding uh, for neighborhood-based resources, uh, in-home resources, in emergency residential facilities when needed. And, uh, of course, that never happened. And so, uh, true to form, uh, once um, that fell off and things fell apart, uh, typically as society, we dumped it into the laps of law enforcement officers. And uh, we're bearing the consequences of that now across our country. Right. Yep. The decisions that are made for gain most of the time cause us to lose. Yeah. And, you know, so. we, we, you know, this whole podcast is really to bring that biblical perspective to policing. Yep. You know, but as a representative of law enforcement officers for so many years, uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh, police are always quick to point out that politics should play no role in policing. However, we all know as well that politics are completely ingrained and woven throughout um, policing and more importantly, policy decisions uh, as it relates to policing. And uh, so it's, it's important that we still have those conversations, those discussions. And, you know, even with faith, you know, I, I even remind myself that, uh, Jesus engaged the politicians of the day. Yes, he did. And spoke out very strongly um, when when appropriate and when needed uh, in rebuking the positions and the stances that they were taking. Not only the politicians in the governmental arena, but also the political aspect of those who were in the in the church or the synagogue or or the or the Jewish faith at that time, too. He dealt with them. Remember a couple of things he called some people vipers. Yeah, you know brood everybody wants to talk about their yeah brood yeah. of vipers. Uh, what about whitewashed sepulcher? Yes, yeah. <laughs> that one always gets. I always get tickled at that. It's like you you're full of dead men's bones. That's pretty strong language. 
That's yeah. right. Everybody wants to talk about Jesus like he was some almost soft pansy like guy, but uh, man, he was pretty. Uh, he was pretty straight up about his heart about fake people and cheating people and yeah. and uh, people that say one thing but uh, put more pressure, strain, and heartache and heartbreak on others who really were the were the ones that needed the strength of of true life inflicting so. pain <clears throat> for political gain there you and go that's what he stood against and boy they knew hey the romans herod uh even the 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 religious community of the day knew how to inflict that pain in a great way that is right and you know I, here again i think officers are surprised when they learn yeah. if they aren't opening this book that the uh, this man Jesus that did exist and walk upon the earth, he uh, he stood the line and he uh, pointed a lot of these things out and uh, not only rebuked the politicians of the day, but really uh, challenged them. And in doing that, challenged all of us. Yes, he did. And uh, I think that's a lot of what uh, we're facing now across the country. And yeah. I think you're now finally starting to see this great, I call it the great snapback, if you will, right? right. Where... Um, the uh, silent majority that are, is a reasonable uh, group of folks are starting to say, uh, wait a minute, time out. This is going too far, yeah. and, and things are going to snap back uh, in a quick way, I think. Um, well, uh, we need it to. It needs Because we're to losing lives. That is right. We're losing lives in our community as well as many other communities across the nation. Every major city. a lot of these policies that are being made. That's right. And we're losing police officers. That is right. Because, uh, you know, it's no different than if someone told you to go out and excavate a pond, but they don't provide you with an excavator. Yeah. Or you had one and they take it away. Mm -hmm. Now you look at the job that needs to be done, but you have a hopeless situation. That is right. I, I hope these these late gentlemen and, and, and ladies... Of, of blue are uh, grabbing a cup of coffee like you and I are yeah. and maybe pulling off to the side of the road or find a little parking lot or, or place somewhere and popping us up on YouTube to to really get some encouragement in their heart because you and I, we're really here to offer hope. That is right. This is not a, a Bible-pounding moment. Mm. That's We're talking from where we live and we live in critical situations. I'm called out to critical situations. You're called out to critical situations mm -hmm. where officers on the scene dealing with major uh, broken lives and major death issues and line of duty. I mean, all these things, you're not talking to two people that just have an opinion about it. No. Uh, we live it every day. Right? No, we're not operating in the uh, philosophical realm Thank on these issues, much. right? So I think that appeals to an officer, right? These aren't two yeah. more PhDs trying to tell you how you need to do your job and how you don't see things. Right. These are mm -hmm. two people that have been educated and experienced in the real world uh, facing the crime and the violence that we see. And so even when things seem all out hopeless, um, our goal in, in starting Remnant Revealed was to really uh, be able to be that light That's in right. the darkness That's and provide right. hope to our officers. Because here again, uh, I am not going to stop talking about this. 
Um, the greatest threat that law enforcement officers face today is hopelessness. Yeah. And it is killing our officers more than the bad guys are. And the thing is, uh, we're trying to share with you and help you understand where we have been able to find hopefulness. Uh, and, and, and I want you to hear this correctly. When you have an eternal pool of hopefulness that resides within you, you have something to draw from that never runs out. You can, you can have a place in your life where you never, ever run out of hope, where you are never facing a hopelessness that torments your mind, torments your heart, I mean a place where Jesus promised you and me that we could have hope, and it's an eternal hope. But it's not just for some wispy never world that we may get to sometime. This is a daily hope that comes into our lives and into our heart. Every single day, you and I can have this hope bubble up from the inside of us yeah well and in the key thing to remember and all that is it comes from this faith right that's right our hope comes from this faith but i think this is where sometimes people get sideways they say well that is a whimsical dream state that you're living in to suggest that i can always have hope and never lose hope and everything's going to be hunky-dory that's not what we're saying. In fact, the very person that we're talking about, Jesus the Christ, right? Jesus right. of this town called Nazareth. Right. He promised us faith, but he 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 didn't promise us a life without troubles. He no, didn't promise a, us a life without persecution. persecution. Think about that That's for right. officers. Yeah. So when we're at a time where we're facing the most persecution we ever have in the profession, um, I think it's important to remember that this same guy, he told us that there are going to be times like this. That's right. But then he also told us how you survive, right? And how you, you survive and then how you thrive that's in right. the middle of that. <clears throat> yeah. I always go back to, and you've heard me say this, I've said it at the state FOP conference and I've said it in front of officers and I've shared it at funerals. We are never without light. Hmm. This world is never without light. Now, hopelessness will try to convince you that it's not worth it anymore because everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. Mm -hmm. Darkness has overwhelmed the world. It's all dark. Everything's dark. Everything's bad. Everything's dark. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. Our voices have to come. And, and again, you follow the voice you hear the loudest, even if it's your own. So we're trying to say, we want to be the loud majority to say, listen to me. The light in this world never goes out. You have a sun that rules by day and the moon that rules by night. Mm -hmm. And it never, for eternity, it's never, ever put out. Mm -hmm. Nothing can put it out. And as officers, you are the prescribed watchman of the light. Of the, you represent the light. That's you right. represent 
that there is always something shining in darkness on evil deeds or evil work. Yep. So I want to encourage every officer today to understand the light never goes out. Do not believe in your heart at all that it is just over. It's too much. You only get overwhelmed when you allow your light to either not be there or be put out. And that light has to come from the inside. It's not just something you pin on your shirt. It's not just something that you have raised your hand and swore to uphold. The light has to come from your heart, the inside first. You shine from the inside out. Well, and that's the whole thing is to say you set everything aside and then there is the practical reality of the matter and where we find ourselves at in this Mm -hmm. point in time. And I just have to believe that there's some officer out there that has stumbled upon Remnant Revealed, perhaps this specific episode, who probably feels like there is no hope. They've lost all hope. Their light, their candle has been extinguished in them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and typically, you know, officers would tell you they prefer to be out on the streets with the bad guys because at least they know what to expect. Many of our officers in this day and age, the biggest fears they have, the biggest uh extinguishment of their light comes from inside the police house, not outside. Not outside. That's right. Through administrative policies, those politicians that 2000 years ago, Jesus was confronting. um, And uh, those, those PhDs and those of philosophy and what they think will work versus the practical reality. I want to read you something and, and let's see if this sounds uh, to you officers listening and to you, let's see if this sounds familiar to our day. So let's yeah. just, just listen. So now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, almost sounds like you given one of your speeches. <laughs> you have no need to have anything written to you for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, see if this doesn't sound like some politicians, There is peace and security. Oh, everything's okay. Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon the pregnant woman. And they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Hmm. So then let us not sleep as others do, Mm -hmm. but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now listen to that. Even in cities right now, even mayors or or city councilors are saying, oh, no, everything's okay. It's all peaceful. Oh, no, we'll just throw another million dollars at that. If we just dole out some more money Mm -hmm. to these current darkness situations, people murdering each other at the most highest rate Mm -hmm. that we've ever experienced. Oh, it's a, we'll just throw some money at it. That's what we need, more money. No, we need some wisdom in decisions that are being made. But they're saying peace and security. But we're experiencing great destruction. 
again, he is encouraging. And by the way, this comes out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. He's encouraging those who are light or children of the light. Don't forget what you're a part of. You're not children of the darkness. You're not people who dwell in the darkness. You may be in the dark because you work at night. You might be on late tack. You might be on SWAT. You might be on whatever you've been assigned to. Hopefully day shift. Everybody loves day shift. But no, not really. So you're assigned to that. You may have to work in that environment, but that is not what you're supposed to be of. You are children of the light. Well, and it's what we keep seeing, right? So the political flavor of the day in terms of uh, trying to make sure that people are woke, what we find out is that they're really broke. <laughs> and it's all a joke, if you don't mind me saying. Well, that's a good, that's what almost this, like a rat. What this points out is we're called to be awakened, awakened to the truth, to the light. And in that, you exercise your faith in the one who makes all of that possible. And so here again, that officer that's sitting out there, sitting in their squad car right now watching this, <clears throat> or that family member, the spouse, that has kissed their loved one goodbye, sent them on their way to work, and then what their loved one doesn't know is then they retreat into their home and usually break down crying because they don't know if they're going to come back home or not. Right. And they know they don't have the support that they need, right? That spouse can have this same hope that's found in this book and that's in a right. faith that will endure even through all of this stuff. Notice he says, put on the breastplate. Now, that's, a, hmm. th- th- that's an armor term. W- where, does your, where does your Kevlar vet, where does it, what does it cover? That's right. That's your breastplate. Right. That's what it was of their day too. Now, they mm-hmm. were dealing with swords or spears or spikes mm-hmm. or arrows, but, but the same deal. He says, having put on the breastplate, your, your vest mm-hmm. of faith, this what you're saying right there. It's faith and love and then the great hope we're talking about. You can have hope that protects your mind, that covers your mind. You can have and live in a realm of hope that saves your mind from getting so tormented by the atmosphere that you work in or deal with that it guards and protects you from going places even in your mind you shouldn't go. And really, you wouldn't want to go, but you feel overwhelmed by the the tactics of the day from politicians or people well, that mean hurt to and officers. That, and that's the key point, right? There's a front and back panel to your body armor, that's to right. your breastplate, that's right? right. Yep. Front for the bad guys that you're confronting and the back for the politicians that may be presenting the knives to you, hmm. right? You and so any cop <clears throat> watching this can relate to that. Sure. Right? And so uh, it's a reality again. It's the practical reality of where we are. Does that mean that we quit? Does that mean that we back down, that we back up, that we give up? No. It means that you stand the line and you ground yourself even deeper in the truth. Right. In what you were sworn to uphold, which is the truth, sworn to uphold. Well, how do you do that? You have to root yourself in faith, in faith of something that's bigger than you, and more importantly, bigger than the circumstances you currently face or find yourselves within. Otherwise, you will become overwhelmed. That's right. So the key, I think, question to, uh, to, to faith leaders, chaplains such as yourself, is, <clears throat> one, how do you do that? Where do you find that? 
right? But then two, how do you overwhelm the darkness versus allowing the darkness to overwhelm you? Well, first of all, he mentions the breastplate of faith. So what does your vest protect? It doesn't protect your extremities. No. Vital or life-sustaining. So faith is vital. Mm -hmm. Faith is a breastplate that is vital to your vital organ, to to your heart. It's absolutely vital to to have faith to sustain life. That's right. So you can... You can deal with stuff, circumstances, peripheral issues, but when it comes to the heart of what you do, why you do it, you have to have faith. That's why the enemy right now, through other human beings like politicians and people who are making decisions in political arenas, are attacking you is they are trying to destroy your faith. The, the devil doesn't want your car. He doesn't want your watch. He doesn't want your, uh, you know, your new ATV or your new boat. He's not after that stuff. The devil's after your faith. He's mm. after your belief in God because he hates God. But the one creation he hates more than God is you, mm. is human beings. So he despises you. But he also despises the fact that you believe God. Because when he got defeated and kicked out of heaven, he hates God. He's full of envy and hate against God. So the way that he destroys you is to destroy your hope. He takes you. He's after your faith. He replaces that with fear. He's after your faith. Hmm. Which, if he's after your faith and he destroys your faith, then he removes your breastplate. Then he can get to the vitals and bleed you out. Okay, that's number one. Hmm. You have to have faith. That's that's pretty good stuff mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. The second he mentions here is love. As an officer, I know sometimes that you that, that you just want to say I don't care anymore. Hmm. But I've seen so many. I've, I've seen so many officers. I apologize, but it it, it moves me. I've seen so many officers reach out to human beings with such compassion, moved with compassion in various moments of life. You know, a lot of times people say that coppers, you know, they really care about kids. Let me tell you something. Coppers care about human beings. That's right. I've seen them hold the elderly. I've seen them cry with someone who's just lost their loved one in in a horrible accident. I've seen them on scene that after, after the immediate emergency or issue is over, put their arms around somebody and hold them. I've seen them take people to work mm-hmm. who whose car ran out. I've, I've bring seen them groceries. Them, I've seen them bring them groceries. I've mm-hmm. seen them go get fuel and gas and bring it and help a stranded motorist. I've seen them pay the bill for things out of their own pocket. At me knowing, <clears throat> at the moment, the income level of that officer, and you're like, man, we should be helping you. What are you? I mean, but that's not why they did the. That's not why they're on the job. That's right. Uh, I've seen them do precious things in people's lives. I've seen them have to fight someone who is out of their mind and out of control. 
and yet caringly help them into a vehicle or help them into the hospital. I've heard them say, hey, buddy, I, I know. That while that person's apologizing because they were either on a substance or, or they were uh, having a mental breakdown, and see that off, say, but I, I know, it's okay. While that person was saying, I'm sorry, man, I would never hurt a cop. I love police. I Please forgive me. Please. And that off, say, hey, bud, it's okay. I get it. I know you were having a moment. Yeah, this is the great thing. People don't see those things. Well, they're starting to. <clears throat> yeah. This is the great um, unintentional consequence, if you will, yeah. of the body-worn cameras. There you go. Um, you know, people forget. You know, I always like to ask people in the community, who called for body-worn cameras? Who called for them? Who advocated for right. them? Was it the politicians Who of wanted the day? them to start with? No, it was the police. It was the police That's officers right. themselves. Why? Because they knew, for one, they are an excellent evidence collection tool, right? right? Uh, which a lot of uh, social justice warriors don't want to talk about these Thank days. Thank you. Uh, but it's proven time and time again to be the case. But the other thing it's doing is it's cataloging and documenting the solid police performance we have in the American law enforcement officer That's across right. this country. Right. Well, it's it destroys the negative narrative. It's pulling back the curtain and it's revealing this remnant in our society that is truly holding our communities together. It's not the politicians. It's not the social activists. Right. It's not the corporations that are trying to be woke. It is the woman and the man that stand the line as an American law enforcement officer in this country. And if you don't believe me, just imagine 24 hours, one day, without the American law enforcement officer. And 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 I'm amazed at how, how much... Uh, which we already know that most media is tied to the politicians, how much negative context is in reporting versus the positive context. So, But the, here again, here again, is why the <clears throat> cameras override that. Come on. Because That's now right. you've got a permanent preservation of the record. How many times do we see now on these body-worn cameras, even in the middle of critical incidents, use of force, deadly force encounters, where you now see on tape officers saying, don't make me do this. Please don't make me do That's this. Right. Begging people, right? And then even after they have to utilize a level of force that may result in the death of somebody, you then see officers immediately providing medical treatment and right. care and saving the lives of the person they just, just tried to kill them. That's right. That's right. Sorry, but I, I mean. That's why, that's why I'll always stand with those folks. Absolutely. And, uh, I, and I, that's, the, that's what I want to encourage our law enforcement officers. you got to remind yourself of the ground that you're standing upon. It was plowed by police officers before you and officers that are coming after you that stood the line. And so, you know, as, as challenging as these times are, and by the way, they're going to get even more challenging. As challenging Absolutely. as these days are, just have to keep stressing to our officers to stand the line because you're now plowing ground that an officer coming behind you is going to be standing upon. And so is it going to be good fruitful ground or dry barren ground, right? Right. That is, is void of all hope. So not only do, how do we plant the seeds of hope into our officers today so that they can do the same for the officers coming behind them? Yep. Well, faith comes by hearing, mm. hearing by the word of God. Now, the reason you and I are sitting here talking about this, because the 
the substance of faith is hope, right? Hebrews chapter 11, the substance of faith is hope. If I get at your hope, I get at your faith. Yeah. If I get it, if I cause you to be hopeless, then I also erode your faith and create a faithless Back position. to what you were just saying. So if the evil one destroys your hope, that then destroys your faith, your faith, which is your that's your breastplate. Your protection of your, your protection. vital organs. Yeah. And so here again, why? Then it's not worth it. Why are law enforcement officers the most persecuted profession in the country? Yeah. It's because they're the last remaining thing. That's right. It's truly standing between good and evil on yep. that line. And if they can take the officers out, all the, us, all the uh, other stuff follows. falls. Falls, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's why we call it the thin blue line. Blue line. That's right. Because it is truly... Um, and and the more and it's not just the hope of officers it he's he's working on every human being because if he can if he can get the hope of every other human being first or at the same time then that line disappears now you have mass chaos rebellion and in revelation the scripture says um in conjunction with what Paul told uh, the the Church of, of Thessalonica, he said, "Hey, let me tell you something. The Great Rebellion it, it will come, and the Antichrist will be revealed, the man of lawlessness. Hmm. So his deal is to work against humans, take the hope, take the faith. Then why should I obey the law?" It doesn't do me any good to obey the law. And then what brings us down is what again? The man of? The man of lawlessness. But don't forget, human beings empower him and put him in position. Now, he is demon-possessed. Talk about the Antichrist. He's demon-possessed by Satan himself. However, human beings say, we, you're the guy we want. Mm-hmm. This is what we want. Mm-hmm. While God or preachers or police are saying no, coppers saying uh, this is not what you want. And then it's no, happening across no, the country. we want this. This is what we want. That's right. And they are creating a rebellious situation. What are they rebelling against? The law, mm-hmm. rebelling against righteousness, what's right, and all of that starts in the heart of man, where hope and faith. Reside. So it goes back to this issue of faith, hope, and love. Now, that third component, right? And you you talked pretty emotionally about it, right? But yeah. most cops, right? They don't want to talk about love because they think that it's some kind of, you know, uh, uh, weak uh, weakness, if you will. But really, what I have always found is that when you get in this book and you start finding out what the true definition of love is. It's a whole lot stronger and, and, and filled with boldness. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, well, you have to love righteousness to do your job. That's right. To do, to, to do the job of a cop, you've got to love righteousness. Otherwise, your eye won't pick up what you should be picking up when unrighteousness is prevailing. Your understanding won't pick it up. The wisdom you need to do it. You have to love righteousness. That is love. So when the officer pulls that car over in the middle of the night and the hairs stand up on the back of their neck, 
You better pay attention to that. That's a discernment that they have that they get, but it's a discernment that they get because they love righteousness. Love righteousness, and something is not adding up in line right. with righteousness. Right, and that's not just a human understanding. That's really a spiritual understanding. They sense that there is a there's something they now, now catch this. You really you officer you need to understand this. This goes to the very core of your being. Mm. They sense. Well, what is what are they sensing? They don't see anything. They can't tell anything. They're walking up to the car, and the hair on the back of their neck starts rising up, and they feel like something's off. Mm-hmm. Well, what are they feeling? They're feeling from their spirit, from their heart, from the faith of their heart. They that is a spiritual realm that they're picking up on. And every officer can relate to every, this. I, every That building search, can. you know, there's the ones that you make the announcements, you go into the building, you can pretty well tell, feel mm-hmm. there's nothing there. And then there's other yeah. times where before you step through that door, you're like, you know I need you're some up backup. against something. Yeah. That's right. I, right. I need backup. Where there's just something that, here that's not right. That's right. So where does that come from? It's really a gift, a gift that's been planted within you that your training academy, they can't, teach that what they do is they say that again they can't teach that they expose it and then they work to refine that in the office to tune in to that what you would call your sixth sense that's right or your uh you know that 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 heightened awareness well the heightened awareness comes from the spirit realm Mm. now they're not they're not going to tell you that in the academy but i'm telling you that and it's a known fact it's, it comes from the spirit realm. So everybody can tell you all day long they don't believe and they're non-religious and they don't believe in spirits and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you do, because you couldn't do your job without it. Well, excuse me, you can't do your job well without it mm-hmm. because that's the thing that's in you that actually makes you good at what you do. You better learn about it and understand it and embrace it and know that the spirit realm is very prevalent. You sit and look at a criminal in the eyes, you can tell he's lying. You don't know why, everything. What do we say? Trust but verify. Mm-hmm. You, you hear his words or her words, but you can see in their eyes that something's off. Um, I'll never forget a great detective was talking to me about dealing with uh, uh, a man who had murdered someone. And he said, Pastor, He said, when I looked in his eyes, I knew there was something else in there. There was somebody else in there. I could see in his eye. It was almost like I was peering at another being. I said, well, that's a demon. He's demon possessed. And and he said, oh, hair on my arms. I mean, it's, it's not like he enjoyed that moment, but he knew. He said, it gave me that. He said, that guy made me break out in a sweat just sitting there. Here's the other thing to remember, though. The the, uh, the spirit of good, right? The mm-hmm. spirit of righteousness will never be defeated by that. Never, ever, ever. There, there, there is a grounding effect that occurs when our officers have that revelation, if you will, that as tough as everything is right now, as challenging as everything is, what you represent will never be overwhelmed and succumb to that darkness. Well, that's a great, that is a great statement because here's, you know, we're talking about faith, love, and hope, or faith, hope, and love. And here's what 
Let, let, let me read this statement to you. So now faith, hope, and love abide. Hmm. They dwell. It almost in. sounds like something that an officer would get tattooed on their arm or something. Yeah, these three. <laughs> but the greatest of all those three is love. Hmm. Compassion, being moved with a great commitment to righteousness, a great commitment to holding the line, a great commitment to making sure that the man you look at, that you know there's something else in there, that demon doesn't win the day. The spirit of lawlessness doesn't win the day. The spirit of the wicked do not win the day. The spirit of the evil ones do not win the day. The spirit of the drug dealer does not win the day. The spirit of the molester does not win the day. The spirit of those who mean harm, I don't care what it is, they do not win the day. And you have to stand on that line with faith in your heart, the hope that what you're doing does make a difference. You may feel like that sometimes that it's hopeless because you're not making the, the, the Messiah, Savior of the world, of all the people, uh, uh, thing that you said when you went into the academy that, oh man, my honeymoon period's over and I'm realizing this is really hard. But yeah. you are saving the day simply because you're on that line. That is right. That is right. And that's what I try to remind our officers of. We don't need you to be the savior. We've already got one. We got one. We need you to be the disciple, the follower who follows his lead in standing that line. Right. And, uh, you know, again, we're called to love God and love our neighbor. If, if, you don't, if you're not doing those two things, you're not doing police work. Here's my point. If you're doing police work... That's exactly what you're doing. You're placing a value in something bigger than yourself. That's right. Right? And a val a bigger value on those around you than your own self-interest. That's right. If you weren't doing that, you wouldn't do this job. Oh, gosh. That, that's why we say it's the officers that run toward danger when everybody's running away. Thank you. Everybody's running away <clears throat> because that's the natural human instinct, self-preservation. Right. But the officers that are running toward it, They've placed the, the preservation of others above themselves. And so here again, you talk to a cop. What's he say? What's she say? I was doing my job. I followed my training. You know, I, I don't even remember what I did. My training just kicked in. Well, that's because that seed was already planted in you, and your training just refines that, reveals it, refines it, and, and dials you into that. But it was there all along. The question that the officer has to get an answer to is, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. And that's the that's the the uh, the position that a lot of officers find themselves within. And where they struggle is if they have to open this book, right, and actually start to place their faith and their hope in this. What they struggle with is here again. We always talk about this: is this is going to tell me how I'm <clears throat> how I'm wrong? And the great secret within this is that that's not it at all. It tells you how he's right, right, and how he makes you right. And you already do it. That's right. You already do it as an officer. Let me ask you a question. All right, you, officers have unions, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And in that union, is there a contract book? Right. Mm -hmm. And in that contract, don't you go there to find out 
what you are to receive right and what you are to operate in in those procedures to receive what you're supposed to receive as an officer don't you go to uh, make sure that those officers and that that contract is upheld so that it provides something for our officers, right? That's right. That's where the give and take takes place. That's where the give and take. So this is exactly what that book is. It is a contract between you and God that is upheld by, it's really give and take. You give, you receive. It's really receive. You give and you receive, mm-hmm. right? We go to jail for taking uh, especially if it's not right, but <clears throat> it's funny, but it's, it's give and receive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever you would give is it pales in comparison to what you receive. The cop would tell you it's, it's what we give and they take, right? <laughs> that, yeah, that's they, the give and take. Yeah. That's the give and take, but, but God doesn't take from you. That's right. He, he receives from you, from your life. But then he gives you, Jesus said, abundantly above all that you could ask or think. And he gives you abundant life, abundant faith, abundant hope, abundant love. And that word abundant in the Greek means more than, more than enough. Right. So when we look at the Bible, it's, it has parts of it that are like the code book that you carry or look up when you're going to charge someone, Mm -hmm. right? It has parts of that in there, but the other parts that are in there is the great love contract that God made between him and man through Jesus Christ. And that is he will fill your day, your shift, your time with hopefulness He'll fill you with faith and stir your heart that you never lose hope in the day that you serve in any day of your career. And you might at times feel an emotional sense, but I'm telling you, you can remind yourself, I go to this and it reminds me that the light is still always on. That's right. It's never, ever totally dark. And what officers can relate to is uh, we all know that every officer signs a blank check to their community, right? <clears throat> that if need be can be cashed yeah, at, any point, at in time, any point in time, including the payment of your life. That's right. What our officers um, are blessed by is that when they had the realization that the Lord Jesus he signed a blank check to them, for them, yeah. with his blood. With his life, yeah. He set the sacrificial model that they walk that with That every them. cop walks with, that's right. So that's, that's what I always say to officers. If it's so contrary to human nature, where does it come from? You didn't come up with that on your own. Right. So where does that come from in you? It's because there's been a, a sacrificial model that's already been established. Already been presented. And you're walking in it. That's right. So don't and, you want to know more about that? And and don't just go back 2,000 years ago. That's right. The Bible says that Christ was crucified from the foundations of the earth. God foreknew 
and ordained and had a plan that he had our don't you make a plan when you're going to uh, run a, uh, a a drug interdiction or an arrest or you someone's been talking about doing a heinous crime don't you have a plan in there a preparation that's put in place for to keep officers safe but also to keep that person safe to try to get them into custody without an altercation and so the plan is laid out ahead of time so that we don't put everybody in danger, even the wicked person in danger. And our officers know that as soon as you take that first step, the plan usually goes out the window. Right, the, right? that's right. However, this is the key point. Then you fall back on the practical reality of the situation you find yourself within. Right. And then when the officers say, well, then I rely upon my training. I re- what To do that, you're exercising faith. That's right. right? So Jesus was prepared to offer his life even before the foundation of the earth, not just when he came to the planet through Mary's womb and grew up and was ready as he got into his 30s. He was prepared and had the plan from the foundation of what was going to happen on this planet. It's a great promise. So when you understand that you understand that it this sacrificial mentality didn't just start 2,000 years ago it was a plan of God from the beginning to set in motion the very heart that you have that you would be willing to sacrifice yourself for another is a part of God and it's the it's the divine nature that's in human beings. It's the love of God and God it is. is love. Yep. So that it's it's a lot stronger and more bold than some touchy feely sense of love oh, that an officer brother. might be thinking of. It's way different than way that. different than that. Love love has emotion to it, but love is not emotion. I can promise you. Say that again. I said love is not emotion. It has emotion to it, but it's not emotion. Love is a deep strong, I believe the deepest and the strongest core element of life that has the strongest, deepest commitment to it, that no matter what, you will stand in your character and do what you would absolutely cost you everything to do. That's what love is. And when you're called, the love of that call constrains you. The love of the call constrains you. Who's the caller? God. So truly it is the love for God and of God that constrains you to do and be who you are on this planet and fulfill your purpose. So that gives a whole new meaning to love God, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. And then... Jesus told us what he he told, he told us a lot of stuff, but he, he told us right yeah. that he is love, and that in love is where the power is for humanity. Yeah, right, absolutely. And then we're also told what right for no greater love Has than this any man. That's right. Than to lay down his life for his friend. That's right. That's right. Yep. And so every officer, I think, again 
can plug into that, dial right. back into that, say, where is, where does all that come from? Many of them don't know. Right. Where does all that come from? That's the power of having a biblical perspective to policing and what we're doing right here in Remnant Rebuild. That's right. So number one, you are loved, but love is also a deep commitment that flows out of you. Number two, you, we, we want to encourage you today to absolutely remember the hope that dwells within you. That's right. Remember the hope. And, and if you can't remember it, you just bow your head and cry out to God. He'll, he'll help you with that hope. You're not hopeless. And this is not a hopeless situation. And the world is not hopeless because the light is always on. And that builds and increases your faith, establishes your belief system, and what you believe sets in motion the things of life. So we want to tell you, you, you aren't at your end. You aren't at the last you can take a whole lot more than you think you can as long as your hope and your faith stay alive. And Jesus paid a price so that you could have that hope and that faith, not only right now, but for eternity. You are an eternal being. You don't become one when you trust him. You are an eternal being. But if you put your faith in him, there are some great benefits that drop into your life that last for eternity. And you can be in that right now. Maybe there's an officer right now sitting parked somewhere thinking thoughts that that he or she should not think about their life right now. Maybe they're sitting there right now feeling hopeless. Right. Maybe they've had circumstances in marriage or life or issues that have happened to them in this moment of time Well, Rick and I are here today to tell you, we have a great hope for you. His name is Jesus Christ. Let's pray for him right now. Let's do it. Father, I thank you for these uh, men and women that lay their life down, that do this great job. Someone today, somewhere listening or watching this podcast, this video cast, may be desperate and in despair at this moment. And of course, they're tough and tough-minded and And they're hiding it. But I ask you, Lord, that you would touch them. And as they pray and talk to you right now, that you bind this spirit of suicide or depression and that you begin to set steps in their life to bring them out of this because we need them. We love them. We ask you, Lord, that you touch them today and that you put hope in their heart again. No matter what people say, all the civil organizations and the politicians, no matter what any of them say, these wonderful, precious people hold this thin blue line. We pray and ask you now in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, my friend, I love you. There's nothing you can do about that. All you coppers out there, we love you. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and uh, look forward to our next podcast. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a joy, man. It's a lot of fun. Good stuff. It is.